It seems that it's a rather foreign concept today in our culture, loving somebody without expecting anything in return. Uh, We're so transaction-oriented. It may seem impossible, but with God, that's the kind of marriage we're called to have. He wants us to have a selfless marriage. Well, I'm John Fuller in the studio with Aaron and Greg Smalley. They lead our Focus Marriage Department. And uh, Greg, you've found that disappointments in marriage are often rooted in unrealistic expectations of our spouse. That rings true. I get that. But how about an example or two? Yeah, and I think that's so difficult because when we have these unrealistic expectations, if I'm thinking that that Aaron will always approach me in any frustration that she might have in a very respectful, very calm, um, you know, tone that this, this gentle, um, if that's my expectation, that may not happen. And when those don't happen, it, it creates difficult feelings, um, frustration, sadness, you know, even for some hopelessness that creates a bitterness. All of a sudden now bitterness and resentment is setting in. Ultimately then that creates hearts that are hardened, to one another. And, and, and that's the problem with those unrealistic expectations if we're not dealing with them. Well, by the I, way, Aaron would always approach me in the best yeah, way. Yeah, we'll so talk to her later. I was just... well, well, I, John can tell you what my eyes were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Don't tell me. She'll have the, uh, the mic on the, yeah. the other end of this. Right now, let's go ahead and listen to Gary Thomas as he spoke with Jim Daly and me at an event we had four couples. And he had a really fascinating topic that we covered. You also talk about a monk's marriage. Now, I didn't know monks could be married. That's a big paradigm (laughs) shift. Yeah, that is a paradigm (laughs) shift. Uh, So first of all, I need that definition. What did you mean by follow a monk's marriage? Well, it's a little bit of a creative thing, but I go off Psalm 146 that says, Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. So let's go back 3,000 years when that psalm was written. It doesn't sound that shocking to us now because kings are sort of figureheads. Back then, kings had unrivaled, unquestioned authority. If they said, you're poor, you're going to be poor. If they said, I want your wife, they got your wife. If they said, you're going to die, you died. If you go to prison, they did everything. And so when the psalmist says, don't put your trust in a king that you can see, put your trust in God who you can't, It was a shocking thing because everything within you would say, I have to have favor with the king because he can determine my life on earth. And the psalmist is saying no, because in the end, he doesn't determine your destiny. You have to trust in the God who you can't see. So let's apply this to marriage. We put our hope in a spouse we can see, not in the God we can't see. How I tied it in with the monk, it may be the weird way my mind works, but you guys know I like to read the Christian classics. I would read these books of monks and nuns that had very satisfying lives because they were so in love with Jesus. And I thought, well, they're happy, but they're not having all, they don't expect a spouse to do this or a spouse to notice this or hear this or provide this or offer that. And yet they're so happy. So what if I could have this monk's attitude that I will find my fulfillment and joy and meaning and purpose and affirmation from God. And then everything my spouse gives me is extra. It's not an expectation. It's find my satisfaction in God. And so then instead of being frustrated that I'm not getting this because I want that and that because I want that, it's like I have this from God and I get your smile too or your kiss too or your attaboy too. And and, because it dawned on me so often when we're dating, we have this attitude. 
wow, you, you got me flowers, you got this present, you sent me a card. And then the wife says after they're married, you got me flowers again? You got me a card that you didn't even write? I mean, it, the, <laughs> the thing that delights you as a boyfriend or girlfriend can frustrate you as a husband or wife. It's all because of expectations. They're, you don't expect in dating that they have to do it. Now they're a spouse and you expect them to do it. So you lose the joy. So it's really this way of saying, how do we recapture the joy in marriage? By saying, married people should be just as dependent on God for their satisfaction, for their affirmation, for their hope, their joy, their peace. And then marriage is added on to it. Rather than try to draw the, the majority of our affirmation, satisfaction, joy, and peace from our spouse and go to church once a week and re remember that God loves us and yeah, forgives us. I think you're saying some wonderful things here. And uh, I remember being criticized by, in a book I wrote uh, about keeping your expectations low about people. That way your disappointments are pretty rare. <laughs> and that's what I got criticized for. Daily's best advice is keep your expectations low. But you're saying the same thing I am, that in marriage put your hope in God. Yeah. Put your trust in God. Now, let me just play you know, the opposite side of this. Um, it's great, it sounds wonderful in theory to be that in love with God that all of your needs are met in your relationship with the Lord. Lisa's sitting right here. Have you been able to achieve that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Look, I, Sorry. Here's what I've realized, and maybe this is why I write about it, because you see your own weaknesses. I often tell people my marriage books are the stories of my failures and God trying to call me out of them, D to be honest. Which helps the rest of us, by the right. way. Thank yeah. you. And obviously, we have the same critics, because I recognize <laughs> that voice. But I was reading the Philo Kalia. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's this... Eastern Orthodox group for like 4th to 15th centuries, the great classical writings from the Eastern Orthodox Church. I, I like to read out of the tradition, and one of the things that, that keeps coming back if you read through that, I mean, it's gigantic, so you usually read sections, but is, and I love it because the East looks at things differently than the West, this lust for praise that they insist cannot be satisfied. And the lust for praise is every bit as strong as the lust for more money, materialism, the lust for um, excitement, sexual lust, gluttony. What, what they're saying is you start to give into it if you need it, it grows. It's not satisfying. It demands more and more of you until it ruins you. And I never looked at my lust to be appreciated and desired and praised in that light as a sin and something dangerous. Uh, until I was reading these great church fathers that, that mentioned how it was. I mean, I, w I was a master. This is so pathetic. But one of Lisa's love languages would be acts of cleaning. Very much more acts specific. Acts of cleaning? Yes. I don't that find must be Gary the Chapman's sixth book. language. <laughs> yes. I've, I've not come across She's that one. She's invented her own one, right? <laughs> and, and so I knew this, and so I was a master. She was off somewhere coming back from a Bible study, and she's usually at home at 830 at 827. I'm splashing some water in my face. I have a vacuum cleaner or broom in my hand or something like I've been cleaning up the house. Just because I, I, if I'm cleaning, I want to be noticed by doing it. And um, realizing that if I, and I talk in a lifelong love about acts of secret service, which, and the whole point was how many wins I get. One, I'm able to serve my wife without her knowing it. And so I look for things to do that she'll never know about. Uh, it purifies my heart. Secondly, I believe there are heavenly rewards when we do good works out of secret. It turns my heart to think about how do I serve her instead of how am I being noticed or served. They're like 
five wins when you start to say, how can I be giving? I want to be the opposite of a spider spouse. I want to give, even if it's in secret, even if I'm not noticed for giving. And Jim, there's a joy from the Lord when you're loving his daughter out of love for him in a way that only he sees. All right, Aaron, we said that uh, you would have the mic. How do you encourage wives to practice what Gary Thomas was talking about there, giving without expecting anything in return? I mean, boy, just in the past week, I've been so convicted by God's Holy Spirit about me being selfish. It's just like, I'm still selfish. Let go of that. Finally. You know, pound, we've been hoping for that level of conviction. Me, so our theme this month is anniversaries and milestones. Mm. So I'm assuming that with that theme, time is a a helper in letting go of expectations. But it's being aware of, I love that you're saying, John, I'm aware in some moments that I, my selfishness rises up. We all have that. And so I would say being aware of when that part of yourself is screaming, um, you know what, that's not who I want to be. That's my humanness. And so Lord, give me the strength to be selfless, to have grace, to give freely, it's catching it in the moment when we are giving with expectation that we become disappointed, we mm. become bitter, we become irritable, you know, many different ways that we show up. But we don't do that if we have lots to give. So it's almost the reverse of make sure that you are so well cared for that you have so much to give that if you don't get in return, even if you're not expecting it, okay. But yeah. if you do, what that's a blessing. And so it really is just just making sure that you have so much to give, that you are so well cared for, that when I give, 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 I serve this family that God has given me, or I give to friends, and I don't get in return, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of what Gary Thomas was talking about. If our identity is in giving, mm -hmm. then we're going to be setting ourselves up for disappointment. If we give out of love... That's a, that's a totally different thing. I'm not expecting my spouse to do this, that, or the other thing. I'm just going to, if I can uh, use this phrase, I'm going to kind of kill him with kindness. I'm just going to outserve my spouse. And we can only do that with God's help. Yeah. And you, you, what you even said that, you know, when we do that in love, well, God is love. And we can only do that when we're connected to him and that he does that through us. Which is why what you said there is so vital. We have to be connected to him so our cup is full so we can pour out for our spouse. Yeah, after 30 years of marriage, I think one of the, the things that I've really understood clearly, and we've said this before, is marriage will show you how selfish you are. Parenting will show you how angry you are. Mm. But, but in terms of marriage... Yeah, I mean, it it certainly revealed for me just just the you know how selfish I actually am, and I think over the years, I think one of the things that 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 has become such a pursuit for me is just how do I make Aaron's life easier, and thus you know giving without wanting or or expecting something in return really for me flows out of. Yeah, I just I I like to find ways to make her life easier. Like that's a part of my pursuit, but but that wasn't true in the beginning. So I mean, that's taken a while, and and yet I, I love doing that. That 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 has become a part of my identity. Yeah. You know, how do I make her life easier? Yeah. Well, our theme, as we said, is milestones and anniversaries, and it may be that you know somebody having an anniversary or um, some sort of special 
a significant um, commemoration. Uh, Gary Thomas's book, A Lifelong Love, would be a, a great acknowledgement of uh, their achievement. Uh, get a copy of that book, A Lifelong Love, by Gary Thomas, from us here at the ministry. We'd love to send you a copy uh, to say thank you for your donation to the ministry, a monthly gift of um, $15, $20, $25, or a one-time gift. Either way, donate and we'll send the book to you. And you can hear the entire conversation with Gary Thomas. We've got that as a free download. It's called Breathe Spiritual Life Into Your Marriage. Uh, We'll link over to that and uh, donation opportunities and details about Gary's book and other resources that we have for you all in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear from Dr. Tim Muehlhoff and his wife, Noreen, about the importance of being authentic with others. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.